Initialize sequence. Yo, what up? This is Prozac. This is Shaq's too dope from Insane Cloud Posse. Oh, yeah, this is Reese. Yo, this be the one them called Tech Nine. What's up? This is Mad Child. This is your boy Spider Man, aka Brother Lynch. Huh? Jared from Head PE. Yo, what up? This is Hop. My name is Recognized. This is Boondock. Yo, this Blaze, you dare homie. Welcome to the Underground, Australia's home of underground music. Here we go for episode 10 of the Underground Amped, and finally we have a full panel back. John Fitzgerald, how are you, sir? Awesome, dude. I'm uh, I'm pretty pumped up after a big wing by the uh, Diamonds last night, which we will talk about later on. But, yes, uh, the Diamonds. We are building a yes. dynasty in our yes, local basketball league. <laughs> it is something that Jay is very much... All over, I am sure. Jason Lee Herbert, the man who looks like he's gone one-on-one with Mike Tyson and <laughs> a pack of bees. What would you say that? Yes, bees, definitely. How are you yes. feeling, Herb? Jay? I'm feeling good, man. It's good to be back behind this microphone. That's great, Jay. And, of course, Amin <sighs> Azor, the man who has been holding it down with me, the trim guy. How are you, dude? Hey, going good. Thank you, Nate. Going good. Thanks, so. We'll just quickly put it out there a little bit later on in the show. We are going to be talking about Avengers, and since it has been out for about three weeks now, I think it's safe to be talking about spoilers. Is that okay with you, Jay? You are going to see it for the second time today. Yeah, later on today, yep. So um, if you're one of the three people that hasn't That'd be seen me. this movie, uh, well, I guess we're not talking about it. Oh, sorry, Reddit's ruined it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn those people on those forums. Plenty to talk about, but uh, Jay, we do want to quickly point out our condolences because your run of injury seems to be going from bad to worse. The photos that were sent in the group chat of your eyes were just... So essentially, this concussion is the concussion and injury that doesn't end. It basically is, because when Jay messaged me and said, look man, I can't hang out with you because my eye is swollen up from an injury that happened three weeks ago, I was like, how is this even possible? Is this man... You know, has he taken too many hits to the head over a course of time? But no, Jay, that was my fault. And I apologize, man, because I come out here and I said, Jay Sal Herbert is lying. I, well, I didn't say it. You implied it. I implied it. I thought you were lying. I didn't think it was true because I thought it was a soft bump. You really do look like you have headbutted a beehive. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. <laughs> Jay, tell us what happened. What happened was, this is, again, going back to the Harrow game, which was a few weeks ago when I got the concussion. Smack, ball, straight, pretty much went off the guy's boot straight into my head with for the little bump. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, was, um, it did seem very little. Yeah, it well, did at the time. Yeah, but yeah it did yeah. at the time. Yeah, well... It was, uh, but uh, it was very much a Norton Ford Falcon there for uh, our boy JLH. <laughs> oh, yeah, it, my bell was wrong. I must have got a little cut or something right underneath my eye, not knowing about and... Yeah, it kind of got a little infected, so... Now, do you think this could have been a wound up if you started showering? <laughs> That's something that Smokey did also bring up in the group chat, and a big shout-out to Smokey, who's up there in the Northern Territory at the moment with his wife, Katie. He said, Jay, you should have went to download and had that shower earlier on in the year, <laughs> because if you keep clean and clean the wound, you may not have had the effect that has happened, possibly. See, this is, this is the one big thing. I do actually shower every day, but for some reason, Ned likes to say, oh, droogies, they smell, they stink, they don't shower, they have long hair, they don't believe in hygiene. What do you know? <laughs> Just summarise yourself hey, there, hey, buddy. We never once discriminated against people with long hair there. Yeah, so, man, uh, come on, dude. If, if anyone does want to go back and listen in real time to the effects of uh, Jay's concussion, I strongly recommend that you go and download and re-listen to episode six of The Underground Amp, because I wonder if Jay even remember. Do you remember doing episode six, Jay? Vaguely. <laughs> <laughs> it's just normal, Mims. What are you talking about? 
But uh, look, Nettie, something that I did happen to see passed down in the notes was Jay and the supermarket. Now, for maybe those that might not know, Jay's got a very torrid history when it comes to the supermarché, as they would say in France. <laughs> because it was a couple of years ago where we had the infamous line of, You're losing it, Tepper! <laughs> the time where you bumped into him at the supermarket, as you, as you would do with your friends and sometimes family, and you saw Jay buying 36 rolls of toilet paper. Stop! <laughs> Stop! <laughs> What's with the over-exaggeration of the number for a start? And secondly, the only thing that would make me go, will you please stop doing that, is when Ned decides to flip out his little phone, bring up the camera gimmick, and start playing Peter Parker. <laughs> I'm going to pluck this snappy, 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 snappy! What did you expect him to do? Uh, Why is my business, damn it? When you're buying 36 rolls of toilet paper... Uh, it wasn't one. that! And what was it then? Mind your business! Focus on your own stuff, not I mine! I don't think they sell them in 36, must have been the 42. <laughs> I wouldn't even know about that, I'm not going to Whole Sales or wherever. Okay, we'll correct the record then. How many toilet rolls were you purchasing? It wasn't 36, I can tell you that. Okay, well clearly it was a number greater than 4. <laughs> Remember between... 36 and 4, what it was? Uh, Should we look up the photo? I'm sure it'll be this. Buddy, look, there's 20 for 10 bucks. It's like, oh yeah, bit of a bargain. Fine. <laughs> okay, so excuse me if I, want to freak, if I want to, you know, not go overboard on my spendages. There he is, JL. I do like to do this thing called save a bit of money. <laughs> Mr. Budget. <laughs> He's been reading David Koch. The bargain hunter himself, Jason L. Herbert. But Nettie, what's this latest supermarket adventure that we've seen with uh, the man JLH? You know, the thing is here with JLH, and God, I love him. He's in a, he's very <laughs> mad at very early. But the re I wasn't going to even bring up the 36 rolls there, Jay. So just settle down, okay? We do have photo evidence, hence the reason we took the photo. Or what I took the photo. saying 36? Because it just sounds funny? All right, all right, Jay. Then it, it was 20 because you were on a budget. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you, you bought 20 rolls of toilet paper. I don't and think one anyone nearly really cares about this crappy conversation, to tell you the truth. <laughs> Good, good pun there. <laughs> that was a terrible pun. Jay, nice work. The point being is that since then I've barely bumped into Jay and I think last night I found out why. Because we went to Safeway last night, usually, or Woolies last night, and usually we go to Coles. That's where I bumped into Jay buying the 36 rolls. And, and I bumped into Jay as well and he looked like he wanted to die when he saw me. <laughs> yeah, definitely, man. But last night I bumped into him. He looked shocked to say one. So I'm like, oh, I see what he's doing here. He's changed oh. supermarkets so he doesn't bump into me. And then... No. 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 Then he started flipping out at me, man. Hold on. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. <laughs> Let him finish his story. Keep going, Nettie. He started flipping out at me because in our group chat, we made a little joke, and jokes are jokes. And then he's like, You and him have taken it too far! Whoa, 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 whoa! Okay. Oh, here's the clarification. Here we go. This will be good, sir. Are you on a budget? <laughs> no, I'm not on a, on a... Okay, firstly, no, I'm not on a budget. Two, I only went to Safeway or Woolies or whatever you want to call it because it's closer to where I live. They sell bigger rolls of toilet paper. That's what it is. It, it, it's actually I don't know. It didn't go down same, that far. Uh, it's actually probably the same distance because, Jay, I did live a street down from you, so regardless of which, which way you're going, it's not exactly saving seven hours. Yeah, but he's thrifty, remember? <laughs> yeah, anything, anything like, to get a bargain. Get all in the guts, Jimmy. <laughs> he and, is a man. <laughs> like you said, Koshy be all yeah, over, Koshy be all over. Anything to get a bargain. <laughs>
Three, if you look up the actual definition of a flip out is usually yelling, screaming, cursing, some oh, jackass yeah, flailing their arms around. <laughs> I deal with that on a daily basis with some of the drunks. I say, no, you've had enough. Get out of here. Uh, um, I just spoke to you normally. Uh, the only thing that differs between your flip out defi- uh, definition and the actual flip out that you do is you never move your arm. <laughs> <laughs> well, how about I just start? Yeah, all right, I'll start doing that. You can't see me doing this, but I'm flailing my arms around the studio like a retard. There you go. <laughs> today. Yeah. Bang, bang, bang. I, just, I just spoke to you very softly and said, look, dude, this is how it is. You da, 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 da. That's not a flip out. A flip out is, <laughs> you stupid little <laughs> bastard, I gotta kick your ass for that end right there. That's a flip out. Oh my god. Those goodness. levels are just yeah. going right through he's, the He's bottling all this up, I reckon. This is what happens when he's <laughs> not on the show for two weeks. Yeah, I, I love this. This uh, is the greatest thing ever. That is a flip out. Okay, so I'm going to bring so in my now, bo- do you know, now, do you know the difference between the two? Oh, thank you, Jay. And Good. once again, with these little hand motions yeah, here that nobody can see. Because <laughs> it's radio. Yes, I know. I'm not a retard. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for clarifying the story, though. Yeah. I will have to bring in my 12-year-old son who can say, he goes, wow, Herbs was pretty mad there at your dad. I'm like, oh, don't worry about him. He's okay. Mm. Um, but it, it, It's actually quite funny, too, because I'm actually quite surprised that your children aren't surprised that their friends don't abuse them so much, <laughs> purely due to the fact that they probably say, oh, this must, this must be what good mates do. <laughs> what a role model. So we take that on board, Jay, and well done, and we'll we'll put a stamp on that. We'll move on, because uh, we do have some other stuff to talk about here on AMP this week. <laughs> we got a chat with Mick Foley coming up a little bit later on, Nettie. But, uh, and God, I hope Mick does not hear <laughs> listen to that first 15 <laughs> minutes of her flipping out. <laughs> Would you say that was safe to say that was flipping out, Jay? Great time, I think, to segue into uh, the Avengers because we saw from Thanos' behaviour, or Thanos, however you would like to uh, pronounce it, regardless of where you live. One thing that we we both took out when we uh, left the Avengers, Nettie, from the first time we watched it, because I too have watched it for the second time, that is, like you said, you, you do pick up on some little things uh, the second time round, but uh, we did mention that if Jay had the Infinity Gauntlet, my God, would we be turned into dust? Oh, my goodness, man. <laughs> He'd be like, hey, Tepper. <laughs> Boom. And it... snap my little finger, gimmick. <laughs> oh, Tepper's dead. Mm, mm. So that's but, okay, is it? But oh, He's laughing at that. So yeah, it's okay to make right. jokes about beating up your best friend. See, he, this, I say best loosely. <laughs> this is the thing, like, especially with the Infinity Gauntlet and all that. Which you can, which you can get in the video game of Fortnite, too, for a limited time. Cool. There you go, didn't know that. Isn't the whole concept of like once the fingers are snapped, it's like completely randomized or whatever? Like I don't I don't read the comics or anything like that, so I'm not going uh, too deep into the whole mythos of the And um yeah, like I don't know the full yeah aspects of it, but from what I've seen it's like, you know, it's just it's it's randomized. There's no Well I'm sick of this <laughs> click gone. <laughs> you looked into it obviously. <laughs> I was about to say, and not only that, so you are where it is a fictional movie. Like, Thanos isn't actually a, a real human being. You might run into him at Safeway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, then you'll what really know how to pick a battle, Jay. <laughs> Hey, one of the cool things, though, like, and we did we did bring this up uh, when we were watching the Avengers. Like, this is literally ten years that have built up to this one moment, 
And we left the cinema just wanting more, purely because there are a lot of unanswered questions. And as Jay says, maybe there are some people that don't read the comics and have only grown up with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but I think it was pretty clever on Marvel's part to sort of make us wanting more. Yeah, it definitely was, man, but also very frustrating at the same time for people like me that are just, the older I get, the more impatient I get. I, I left there going, man, I loved that movie, but I hated the ending. So that was what happened with me, because now I have to wait another year to find out what the hell happened. And Herbs, we weren't covering this last week. I'm not sure if you listened to the show, but me and him thought maybe that was the reason you were a little bit moody afterwards. Did you get a little emotional? Yeah. A lot of people did, Jay. A lot of people did, yeah. Like, there was a lot of things that, uh, you know, you were not expecting to happen, like certain characters sort of fading away and Mm -hmm. whatever, especially, like, the big one again. Um, If you haven't seen it, spoiler alert. Yeah, like, Spidey and Groot sort of got a lot of people, especially because, you know, Tom Holland's the new Spider-Man, you went to the MCU, and his last completely improvised line, which turned out to be as well, so, yeah, that got a lot of people. It really was an epic movie, like, it was one of the ones where, you know, it lived up to the hype, because... I look. I really, really feel for anyone that's a DC movies fan because after seeing the Avengers: Infinity War, there is really no hope for any successful like Justice League franchise now. Like we saw that, like they're just on a different level to DC, aren't they? Well, yeah, and no, I, I actually really rated that Justice League movie. I thought it was great. It's just sort of each to their own there. But I agree with what you're saying. It was a, a much bigger movie, and they are doing a lot better things. But I still rated the Justice League. I, you boys didn't know, yeah? Or Johnny probably didn't even I watch didn't it. I didn't say that. <sighs> yeah, I thought well, ju- it, Justice well, League was a pretty decent movie. Well, here's the thing. The Justice League, you can't... It's pretty unfair uh, to compare the Justice League movie to the Avengers ones because let's look at the first Avengers movie back in 2012. That had four years' worth of build. Yeah. You had the Marvel Cinematic Universe just beginning with Iron Man in 2008 and then the Hulk and then Thor and then Captain America. It was all set up within a four-year base. Whereas with the DC Extended Cinematic Universe or whatever, it was just kind of Batman versus Superman. Yep, let's set this up. Quick crime in Wonder Woman in there too. And uh, what else are we going to do? Who cares? Just put them all in together and yeah. bring in Man of Steel. Right, here we go. In the span of three months, here we go. Justice League. Have a look at it. Sorry about Suicide Squad as well. But, like, having said that, too, I thought Suicide Squad was one of the best movies I've seen in a while. So, I don't know, man. I don't like to get into that DC versus Marvel sort of thing and nah. all the whatever's carrying on. But you're probably right. It was definitely the bigger movie and the Marvel definitely doing bigger things. And Batman versus Superman is one of the worst movies. I've ever seen I <laughs> yes. think but did you watch it, yeah, yeah. it was, I tried I tried it oh. was shocking just goes to show take time with things and good things come to those who wait yeah, yeah. definitely yeah. man you imagine Which it... if Infinity War came out like a day after Iron Man very true mm. that's a very good point but is there anything else you wanted to cover on the Avengers side of things there boys oh, I'm just looking forward to whatever part 4 is called and also I'm looking forward to seeing what Ant-Man's been doing oh yeah same so it's Ant-Man and the Wasp is it is that what it yeah that's the next one to come out uh, you look like you've been stung by a wasp <laughs> yeah the Ant-Man and the Wasp been at him <laughs> yeah so big things to come but we're going to switch things up here guys I'm going to jump into the NBA playoffs and before before we do that, though, Johnny, we are trying to build a dynasty in our local winter competition, my friends. <laughs> yes. Big, big basketball fans right here. I've got about three loves in life. Basketball, 
uh, Jay. And basketball. <laughs> and, and basketball. <laughs> that is it. But yeah, Johnny and I play in a local league. We, we want to get a chip this year, and he is also helping me out coach both Brody and Liv's team. And last night, boys, did we have oh. a win with the girls? Damn, it was Did big. we have a win? What was the final score, Nettie? It was like 50 to 10. 10, it was. And like, these girls absolutely ripped it up. It was obviously good coaching, but yeah. the Diamonds, man, the Diamonds get on them for the chip this year. They are looking solid. They're, they're definitely a solid team here, Nick. And, and the great thing about this was is the only reason they scored the 10 points was is because the referee made us yeah, drop the kids back. Make us drop the kids back after telling them to bring them forward and basically I think it would have been a 50 to 4 oh, maybe score. They probably if, wouldn't even have scored yeah. if that didn't happen because we were trying to set up a little defense. They thought it was like a zone defense but it was just our way to get the girls to come back and then find their players but no we have to move them up and then of course we move them up closer and they stole the ball before they even got past halfway. And yeah and that, that Really yeah. didn't work out well for yeah. the refs there, but that's how it's done, Mr. Nim. That's it. So that's what we're aiming for, guys. It's a few a months down the track, we want a Zombies Championship, a Rockets Championship, and a Diamonds Championship. That's the goal. We don't muck around here. We'll exactly. see how we go. Do you, Do you think reckon we... that, like, uh, now that we're seeing so many more Australians in the NBA and even in the WNBA, so let's not forget, you know, we've got some very talented female basketballers too. Yeah. I reckon, because, you know, everyone always talks about how big soccer is, but I haven't seen any big crowds at uh, soccer games aside from the finals. Do, do you reckon that we could be seeing basketball taking over as one of the biggest sports in, in Australia? Because I reckon it's on its way. I honestly legitimately think that. Yeah, it's funny that yeah. you bring that up. We were talking about that last week, and John, I would really love your input on this. I, I totally agree with you, Nim. I think AFL are definitely around where we are will always be number it one. Be it will always be king. And, it, and like, even though I'm not a huge AFL fan, you've got to respect it because it, it's like our own thing. Overseas yeah. people be like, what the hell even? Mm. is it? But similar to NFL I guess, they don't really play that anywhere else do they? Just in London during the season but that's it. I definitely agree, I think basketball's on the way up in a big, big way you can even see like we're running some free clinics at the moment on Sundays, there's like 30 kids rocking up every week and you know, we would have tried something similar four years ago and no one was there they've gone back, they've turned basketball into a summer sport so it's not competing with footy at least in local areas which is, you know getting the numbers up. Yeah. Um, And that's why they've put so much money and time into the NBL competition, like that thing was about to fall over and die three seasons ago. You remember Nettie? the first time we've seen a resurgence yeah. all day, but it looks like they have done it pretty well this year. Oh, amazingly, Andrew Gaze came out and said, let's fold the league for two seasons. Do you remember that? Yeah. It was just, he's like, what are you doing, dude? Yeah, it's like as, as big a thing as what Gaze did for the NBL, you've got to think that was an insane oh, comment. In like, sight. if that had have mm. happened, I think basketball would be dead yep. now. Yep. But instead, it's really dead. turned around, and we're it, going massively. into the 2019 season. Yep. We've got all these rookies coming over that played from St. Mary's and whatnot in the in the college league. It is going to be the biggest yep. season yet. And we've got Andrew Bogut coming to play for the Kings. Like, that's going to be massive for the sport. Plus, we're going to have another Melbourne team joining in 2019 or 2020, whatever that is. Yep. Um, we the Souths come back. Well, I, I would love it if the South come back, but I think I'll be sticking with United at the moment, because rumour has it it's going to be the Essendon Football Club. Yeah, that was one of the rumours. Yeah. Before United came in, they were going to make an Eastern suburb team. I think I might have told you, Nanny, like Danny Nong and Knox and a few of those yeah. comps were going to come together. So they might do that again. Um, I think that'd be an excellent yeah, idea. Yeah, I think so too. But then, then it's like, well, is Melbourne United now Melbourne divided or, you know, uh, not, not yeah, United anymore? Melbourne yeah. not so united. Yeah, but, um, yeah, they spent so much time trying to bring all the former Melbourne clubs, like the fan base, together. 
together. And uh, it's actually quite funny too, because having done a lot of work on a Melbourne sports-based radio station, there are still some Tiger supporters that are just like, I don't care what anyone says, <laughs> I'm not support. And it's, it's seriously, like, seriously, it's been five years. <laughs> it would be pretty hard though, like a team like that that's been around for so long, but like yeah. they did it back then because they had to. It was necessity because like all these teams are dropping out, whereas now they've got to look at it as a good thing. Like we've got enough fans and enough money coming in and you know the TV rights and everything to have another side. And I think that's awesome. Like, imagine then they get a camera side, another Sydney side. Like it'd be go back know, to the heyday time, when you've got your like, Tassie yeah, Devils yeah, and whatever yeah, they like, were. If they keep it going, I think we're going to see basketball become a really, really big influence in Australia again. Yeah, hopefully. which is a good thing. Cool. And Nim's pointed this out last week. I don't know if you heard or not, but the what's that guy's name? Larry who? Kesselman. Larry Kesselman. Yeah, he's done some great things mm. for the sport. Like we've got the NBA coming out here next year. That is yeah. really amazing. Team USA, sorry, versus yeah. Australia. You you had those pre season games. Yeah, well, yeah. Our team's going over there and showing what yep. we can do. Really taking some good quality sides. It's not like you know we're up against the Raptors. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> drop that one in there. I like it. Raptors. It's a good point. And all the stars were playing as well. It wasn't just their B teams. It was their actual exactly. good teams. Like, well, that's, that's right. United almost razzed up Russell Westbrook. Yeah, there. yeah, they did. Casper yeah, got under his own. Yeah, they definitely did. And you know, I love the USA basketball. They just can't handle that Australian sort of JSL Herbert grit though. <laughs> Sometimes they find it dirty. That's a whole other story. Like yeah. I was talking to a few guys when I was over there, and they were like, "Oh, Matty's Elvadova's dirty because he, you know, dives on every loose ball and all that sort of JSL Herbert athlete mm. type thing." But it's just the way we play. Just over the way we here. go. That's how. That's what got him there. You know? Definitely. Why would he stop? But look, you're right. And the thing that I've loved—it's funny that you didn't mention, you know, a bit of league expansion because as a man that's got a lot of relatives to live in Canberra, if the Cannons came back. That would probably be the biggest thing to happen to that city since Parliament House getting built. <laughs> <laughs> I think they play in the Siebel comp, I reckon, against the Miners. Well, they were at one point, so they're still really? floating around, but I don't think they're obviously not as big as they used to be. But I think it'd be great if they came yeah. back, really, because you got the AIS there, too, yeah. so maybe that could be a pathway for yep. kids who play there. To... The centre of like, excellence kids yeah. who will get a gig, and they're all massive, 18 and 6 foot 8. I've seen them play once. It's yeah. scary. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> But no, look, it, uh, basketball's going from strength to strength. And look, just quickly on the NBA playoffs, because uh, do, do you think, like, while it would have been great, and I know I always have a, a couple of shots at the uh, Toronto Raptors, there's actually a really funny meme going around. I don't know if you've seen it, boys. It's got, like, you know, a scene from Jurassic Park where it's got Toronto during regular season, and then it's got, like, a scene from the old TV show Dinosaurs. Oh, <laughs> that. <laughs> That's like a great Toronto TV show. During the final. Well, funnily enough, Dwayne Casey got sacked this morning. Really? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. So they were, he was, was going to get coach of the year, and now he's been showing the door. Yeah. Well, yeah. they just don't perform in, nah, in the playoffs. It's crazy. So that brings me to what I was saying last week. I don't know if you guys <laughs> remember this, but I'm like, look at the Utah Jazz go. They could be going 3-1. <laughs> They're going home. They uh, play well at home. Bam. They just get straight sets out. They go after that one amazing win. So I think uh, Houston took that 4-1. Basically, yeah, they did. And they basically killed them in every other game. Oh, well, yeah. That first game was awesome. And then Houston just decided to start playing. And then they flogged at home and off it went. Putting aside what we would like to see and what we actually think will happen, Celtics, Cavs, and Rockets, Warriors. Now, the Rockets actually have been like a very, very consistent team this season, but let's face it, you go up against the Warriors 
in finals. And this is, I think, their fourth consecutive year of making it to the conference finals. Yep. I'll look up their stats a little bit later on. But if you were the Houston Rockets, you've got to be a little bit intimidated, wouldn't you? That would be like for any footy heads out there. That would be like, say, getting into the grand final and you're up against Hawthorne when you're St Kilda, for example, or something like that. Do you reckon that there's a bit of a scare factor there for the Rockets in the sense that the Warriors have that, you know, like, yep, this is our, this is our yard, guys. Welcome. Good oh. to have you on board for at least three games. Most definitely. But I want to call a J-Sale Herbert type thing out here. I called it! <laughs> if you rewind back to whatever it was, we said it's going to be Houston and Golden State. Yeah, yeah. Thing. I think both of us think said that Houston. One, yeah. I think we were going we're Houston. Going Houston. Yep. And you other two, Nim and Herb, went with Golden State. And I think you might be right. I don't know. But Cleveland's going to get through in the East. Yeah, absolutely. I think they'll beat Boston. Boston have done amazing things, though, Jay. They have. But, well, they, they, didn't they finish second? I actually think that, talk about flipping the deck, but uh, I actually think Boston might get it through because we saw, like, LeBron has just been phenomenal. But aside from LeBron, who else in, in the Cavs sort of steps up and can really deliver when they need to? Well, yeah, that's uh, a that's a good point. Yeah, That's why they did all those trades mid-season to get Rodney Hood and all those Jordan Clarks and all those really good role players. But, I mean, that's that's what happened to Toronto. You, get, you mm. go up against the best player in the world and you're the number one seed, but it doesn't matter in playoffs. So, yeah, uh, I think LeBron will probably kill it against Boston. But like Nims is saying, it'll come down to who else can step up to fill those gaps. But it should be they, they should match up pretty well, I reckon, because yeah. Boston's got a quick offense. They shoot a lot of points, and obviously Cleveland's got LeBron, so I think it'll be a good series. I just want to point this out, too. This is pretty amazing right here, too. Boston Herbs, I know you're not very excited about basketball. You've gone into your little shell thinking, you're idiots. I love American football. <laughs> but your team, the Boston Celtics, have overachieved if any team has. Yeah, I would agree. Gordon yep. Haywood out game yep. one. Corey Irving done for the season. Is there someone else as well, or is it just those uh, two? I think they're the two main ones. Then you get Jason Tatum stepped up, oh. Jalen Brown stepped up. Like they're just like they're a great team to watch. And yeah. I think a lot of it comes down to their great coach as mm. well. Uh, what's his name? Brad Stevens. Brad Stevens. Something I want to say. Yes. Yeah, I'm looking at Herbs. He yeah. would know. But the Tony Sleep type. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to Tony Sleep. You're probably listening to this. But, yeah, um, great, great man. He's he's a poor man's Tony Sleep, yeah. the Boston coach. But he's done enough to get him through. I'm hoping Boston beat Cleveland. I'm going to go out and say it, Jay. Yeah. I would like, yeah, yeah, I would I would definitely like to sort of see that too. But also, you, you can't take anything away. wonder if LeBron was watching the uh, Celtics 76 series thinking, hmm, which would, these are my, this could be my future teammates here. <laughs> Maybe, and I'll tell you this, poor old Philadelphia, I was going for them big time. Yeah. And Ben Simmons, really, he, he lost a couple of the games there for them, which was mm. just, they, they just had rookie errors, like bad yeah. turnovers yep. and things like this. A couple of seasons down the track, that won't be happening. Yeah, I, I still think that they're the team of the future. They'll be very much so, number yeah, one, number two so. seed next season. Yeah, I no think worries so. at that, all. That's why my controversial opinion is they don't need LeBron. I think they just need to keep that same same team together. I mean, Fultz didn't play a full season. They've still got another preseason together. You know, Embiid's only just coming back to full health as well. I mean, I, I reckon adding LeBron to that mix would just ruin the chemistry. That's that's my opinion. Oh, I like that opinion. I reckon yeah, they absolutely. need to keep it keep it as it is and just let them grow, which they don't do in the NBA that much anymore. It's just like let's just sign some veterans, let's sign some stars, yeah, and we'll the, get a championship that way. I hate the Cleveland approach. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, this team's not working. Let's get rid of everybody. Yeah, and, you know, get your build team the set, team together. Which get is, them. Yeah, exactly, yeah. which is why we all get on Boston, because that's what they have done. And even Toronto, to some extent, has done the same. They just can't handle finals. <laughs> but, you know, they haven't gone out to buy a championship to, 
it, you know, yeah. put it one way. But that's why I reckon that the 76ers just need to hit the gym and just build on what they've got because it's a great team, it's great chemistry. They just need a bit more experience and they'll be right up there. Yeah, I really like yeah. that opinion. That's a great basketballer's yeah. opinion right there. 100% there. And just quickly too, I know I seem to be like the Toronto Raptors' biggest hater. <laughs> but, um, but I just love... Now, there is a local betting company in Australia, the TAB, that have like a set of online ads and Chris Bosch is yes. actually the star of those ads <laughs> and they are some of the funniest ads you'll ever see. Like I always thought that Chris Bosch was a bit of a, a douchebag and like I'm probably not the only person that would say that. I've actually come around to it because he does have a pretty wicked sense of humour and can, as we like to say in Australia, take the piss out of himself a little bit. So <laughs> Bust the balls. Like, yeah. yeah, so it's actually pretty funny to see Chris Bosch like, you know, all these funny ads, especially consumer fact where he used to be and where he is now. Yeah, most definitely, man. But hey, we are running out of time. We're going to jump into the house of hardcore things real quick before we call it a day. We've got plenty to talk about next week because we didn't get through it all. Mick Foley, Nims, really quickly, man. We were talking about this last week. I've discovered he is, like, I always loved Mick Foley, but after talking to him, finding out he's a big Christmas guy, man. He loves Santa Claus. Like, I Hell think yeah. he's great. He's a pro wrestler, 52 years old, whatever. And he's a big ambassador for the man in red, which I think is great. We are about to jump into part two of this special two-part edition, Nim. I have heard it. It was It's a great little catch-up here with Foley. You want to tease it a little? Yeah, hell yeah. We Originally, uh, House of Hardcore is coming to Australia, and uh, I strongly recommend that you do check out their website, houseofhardcore.net, or you can visit Nick Foley's site, realnickfoley.com. And on the topic of his Santa escapades, he actually put out a movie back in 2014 called I Am Santa Claus, which uh, I haven't personally watched myself, but uh, it's a really fascinating fascinating insight to what people do to become the man in red but House of Hardcore goes to Adelaide July 12th Melbourne July 13th 14th in Sydney and Queensland July 15th it's actually pretty funny Nettie because I actually went and shared on the Twitter machine the first interview that we did and someone actually got in touch with just like another Aussie just like hey man when are they coming to Queensland I'm like dude does no one go to the website <laughs> houseofhardcore.net to check it out and grab the tickets or the undergroundaustralia.com if you'd like to see it out but uh, yeah I did want to talk to Mick about wrestling, but we did venture back to his live show, which uh, which is fair enough. I mean, the man's a hustler. He's, uh, <laughs> he is, man. So I just saw his Adelaide show is already sold out, man, and we're what, it's still a month or two away. Yeah, very much so. But yeah, there's some very big names coming down. If you're a fan of the Attitude Era, you can check it out. Uh, Tommy Dream is bringing down the show with some members of the Spirit Squad, Billy Gunn, and some other names as well. But for those that might remember our old wrestling podcast, uh, that podcast gimmick, if you go to that Facebook page Lucha Underground Season 4 has released their trailer and there are some big big names that are coming to the temple one of whom is Tommy Dreamer himself so that's pretty cool to see him at Lucha Underground and a guy who was in the WWE that we might have forgotten because he really didn't do much but remember Jack Swagger Nettie (laughs) is he out of the WWE now yeah, yeah. I didn't even know that. Jay, can you please do me a Jack Swagger impersonation? <laughs> I don't know if you've heard this, Nims. Uh, no. Hey, we've lost him. <laughs> we have lost, lost him. him. Yep. Oh, the man always delivers. 
Yeah, busy, busy man, and he's definitely continuing that hustle. Oh, he is, man, and I've got nothing but love for Mick Foley after listening to both of these. There's some great things in there. What he mentions, I think Jay would get along with a couple of these WWE superstars after listening to yours. He mentions they're a little grumpy, and I think that's great. I think you and me will be hanging out with Mick, and we'll send Jay over there with the ones that might not be so friendly. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, stick around for that. That is coming up next. Be sure to scoop up those tickets real quickly. We'll be back next week. Boondocks is returning with the Turncoat Dirty EP, and I'll be chatting Ooh. with him. So we're keeping these things moving along nicely. Plus, we've got a bunch more to get through. Mick Foley up next. Hello, everybody. This is Burns Bell of Fear Factory, and you are listening to The Underground. <laughs> Now, Tommy Dreamer's House of Hardcore Tour returns to Australia this July, bringing a ton of superstars of professional wrestling to Brisbane, Adelaide, Perth, Sydney, and right here in Melbourne. And one of the many superstars to make that long, long plane journey down under is the hardcore legend himself, Mick Foley. Mick, great to have you on the show. Yeah, thank you. And I can attest, it's a long, long, <laughs> it's a long journey. <laughs> now, Mick, this is going to be an absolutely fantastic show. Tommy Dreamer, Bubba Ray Dudley, Angelina Love and Velvet Sky, the beautiful people, Joey Mercury, the Spirit Squad, Billy Gunn. It's almost like a who's who of stars. How does that locker room all mix together? Oh, we all get along pretty good, I guess. It's like uh, being in a the know, like animals in the wild that don't get together, don't get along. They kind of avoid each other. If we're in an enclosed atmosphere, like a locker room, uh, you know, somebody can get under your skin a little bit. Billy Gunn, he's grouchy. Bubba Ray, grouchy. But I'm I'm easy going. Tommy's easy going. Joey's a good guy. Spirit Squad, are, they're good to raise. <laughs> you know, the uh, spirit, I guess we'll say. It should, we should all coexist fairly well until it gets in the ring, of course. Well, that's what we like to hear. Uh, one thing that is also pretty cool to see that's coming up on the House of Hardcore Tour, NWA World's Heavyweight Champion Nick Aldis, a.k.a. Magnus from uh, TNA Wrestling. He'll be coming down as well. Now, you're a pretty old-school wrestling fan, Mick. Uh, what, what do you think about what Billy Corgan's been doing with the NWA and the 10 pounds of gold? Because it's kind of cool that in 2018, that belt is still kind of relevant. Yeah, it is. It's funny. Uh, you mentioned Billy. I was just uh, Smashing Pumpkins came on the air today. Uh, I'm driving doing the one-man show, which I'll also be bringing to uh, Australia. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you... Did you know about that? Yeah, we certainly did. We're all looking forward to the oh, 20 okay. Years of Hell right. tour. And uh, <laughs> I, I don't know why you're subjecting us to Al Snow, though. Uh, yeah, he was foisted upon me. What am I doing? <laughs> no, Al's going to be great. He's got some great stories. It'll be a great night of storytelling and some laughs, a few tears. But anyway, I was mentioning that I was like, hey, I've got a five-page handwritten letter from Billy Corgan from 2000, where before I'd even met him. Mm. He was writing and kind of thanking me for some inspiration he found and the characters I portrayed. So, uh, yeah, it's a pretty cool thing. And who knew? I was even saying, like, yeah, this is one of the biggest hits was on the air. I was like, who would have guessed that Billy be, like, so deeply involved in professional wrestling? But he loves it. He's got a great mind for it. And I, I really hope, you know, his group is successful. Yeah, fingers crossed. It's been getting some pretty good traction when you look at the social media and stuff like that. And on the topic of social media, we're, we're sort of seeing, especially with tours like this, like you're doing for, um, you know, not just
just the House of Hardcore tour, but the stand-up that you are doing as well. Direct fan access to you has just gotten easier and easier in the business. Now, what's your stance on it? Because I know, especially since you've got your kids now, Noel and Dewey, they're on the social medias as well. And the fact that they're able to get instant fan reaction comes straight to their phone, straight to their inbox. Do you think that's a good thing or a bad thing? Well, it's a little bit of both. I just want to correct you. We do not refer to my show as stand-up. Yep. Because uh, when I came to Australia five years ago, Brendan Burns, expat from uh, from Oz, said, he goes, mate, you know what I think the problem is? There's been so many bad crossovers. People expect to show up in a bow tie telling one-liners. <laughs> so... It's a storytelling show. It is a one-man show. I mean, I'm not, I don't tell jokes. I tell stories, and mm-hmm. it's specifically about the uh, 20-year anniversary of Hell in a Cell. Yep. If people are wondering, it's, uh, I'm going to far exceed your expectations, and uh, we expect tickets to be gone. Everywhere except Perth is a little slow, and, um, and Hobart, Tasmania is a little slow, but the other ones are really moving along, and I think they're all going to go eventually. Mm-hmm. So I have to ask people to put a little faith in me that I will. I'm not coming all the way there to... <laughs> to not be good. I don't know what I can say on TV. Right? As far as the social media, yeah, it's a little bit of both. You know, I mean, in a way, it was nice when you know people weren't so reachable. Mm-hmm. You know, I think within a couple of tweets, it's like people think they can, you know, they can say whatever they like. You know, respect has kind of got out the window. Yeah, uh, especially in the states. You know, they kind of follow the president's lead and figure why be hospitable when <laughs> the guy at the top is not. And I notice a definite influx of angry tweeters, mm-hmm. you know, uh, gloves are off and it's like, so I had to put the filters on. Gloves came off, filters came on. So I don't, people don't have the unrestricted access that they used to. I just didn't want to be told a hundred times a day that I wasn't relevant anymore <laughs> by people who are tweeting me to tell me I'm not relevant. And also the guys, people who think they know how wrestling works actually blamed me for the Raw show when I was a general manager. So, <laughs> Uh, I had to put the brakes on there a little bit. And besides my daughter, I had people nice enough to tag a father in when they want to say bad things about my daughter. Oh, you got to love very that. Thoughtful. <laughs> yeah, up. yes. You know, yeah, it's, it's a good and the bad. And uh, the good is you couldn't do these type of tours without having that direct access to people. And they should be able to respond right away and say if they liked it or if they didn't. Hopefully they do. Mm-hmm. And, it's a, you know, it is what it is. The days when I can just walk out carrying a book for promotion are over. <laughs> And you got to work it a little bit harder. Yeah. Look, Mick, speaking of books, you've actually got quite a body of work when it comes to not just fiction, but non-fiction, your autobiographies, your children's books, everything like that. The last book you put out was last year. You've just seemed to be spinning so many plates. When do you get a chance to maybe sort of sit down and craft your one-man show, craft uh, your authoring, all of these things, and at the same time, too, be a full-time dad? Yeah, yeah, man. It's not not enough hours in the day, certainly not today. Who knew that in a town like Spokane? Washington, there would be three different hotels called the Davenport. <laughs> and so I checked, tried to check into all three. You know, like, no, oh, that's the one down this you know, half a mile away. It's frustrating. And I, I just, you know, I find the time I write in like great bursts of energy. You know, I might go a while without writing anything and then I'm, you know, at it for, you know, three straight months. And then I get inspired and I think of things. I have little ideas. And I'm like, with this, like, wait a second. I was stopped in Amsterdam and questioned for 20 minutes by security because I had gray and blue teeth. <laughs> You know, and they were like, why would you Why would you have decaying teeth? I'm like, well, they're kind of a souvenir. Like, a souvenir of what? I was like, oh, the time? And like, what? And I was like, can you just Google me? And then I said, type in the words Mick Foley and Hell in a Cell. And uh, the security agent says, oh, wow, whoa. Okay, go ahead. I'm like, this is completely ridiculous. That you're being held up in international security because of the color of your teeth. Like... 
I don't know. This day, Jay Lethal is like, I was so bizarre. I thought they were going <laughs> to put you in prison or something, you know? So, uh, so they, yeah, it's a tactic. But I do find a time. And what was frustrating when I was going out, and you know, we did label it a stand-up comedy for a while. Mm-hmm. People were like, you? Like, I don't see that. I'd be like, did you read my books? Like, you know, at least you want it. Yeah. Did you laugh? Yes. Did you laugh out loud? Oh, yeah. Well, I was like, then why can't you picture me doing the same thing on stage where it's easier to be funny than it is with a printed word? You can add emphasis and subtlety and all these things. Like, it takes a while. you got to work at it. You know, it's like constant repetition. And even when I do these shows and we're selling out shows left and right, people are always, like, really surprised. Like, the bar is low. So on one hand, it's, like, nice to just uh, be able to leap over that bar of limited expectations. But at this point, I think people should expect that it's going to be good because I've been uh, putting out some good stuff for many years. Yes. Sorry to go on a tirade here. I'm bad need to sleep. And I've got to go to my show here in about two minutes. So, uh... Well, I'll tell you, you have another question too. Yeah, I, I do have one uh, last question for you. You did mention uh, this is the 20-year anniversary of Hell in a Cell. Now, one of the overlooked classics from King of the Ring 1998 was, of course, the six-star tag team classic between Scott Taylor and Brian Christopher in Too Much, defeating Al Snow and Head with Jerry Lawler as the special guest referee. But, uh, no, in all seriousness, the Hell in a Cell... I have no I... recollection of that. <laughs> <laughs> but the Hell in a Cell, it keeps coming up. This is something that has been linked to your career. When people think Hell in a Cell 1998, they don't think Ken Shamrock winning the title. They don't think Austin versus Kane in a first blood match. They think of you and The Undertaker. What's it like having that huge shadow uh, cast upon you every time you go, every interview you do? Yeah, I, I fought it and resented it for a long time. And then uh, at a certain point, you uh, you come to appreciate it. I mean, that's kind of part of what the show and the arc is about. You know, it, it, it did. It, did, it was like I created a monster. <laughs> and then you realize, wait a second, like half of the people who were asking me about this match weren't even born when it happened. You know, there was no, uh, the internet was in its infancy. There was no YouTube. There was no WWE network. You know, I thought I had like a one-year shelf life. And here I am 20 years later in uh, sweatpants a flannel shirt, you know, and I'm able to make a, a living, you know, doing something I love. Like, I'm not resorting to this. I love it. You know, it's like being in the ring without getting hurt. Mm-hmm. You get that instantaneous feedback. It's like the closest thing I've ever had to that rush I would get when I had a big match. So, I, yeah, I have learned to appreciate it. And there are three key events. I can't hit on them here. Mm-hmm. Uh, three key events that changed my view on that. And I will tell you, there's some closure there. And it's really uh, been a, a lot of fun. We've had eight shows. We've got 12 more in the U.S., just 20 shows total in North America. We, then we take it to Australia, and that's uh, that's it. So it's a very limited run. Well, Mick, look, it's it's when that actually happened, I was in the eighth grade, and the mere fact that we're here now talking about it is such a huge thrill. So I hope that you know that there's a generation out there that were born around the time that still enjoy not just that one pay-per-view, but your entire body of work, be it in the ring, in front of the microphone, or even in print. And we really, really appreciate you taking some time out to chat to us here at the Underground Australia. And we look forward to seeing you here in July. Yeah, and if people want to look for tickets for both our House of Hardcore or my events, just go to realmickfoley.com and click on events. And make sure you follow Mick on the Twitter machine as well, at Real Mick Foley. Mick, it's been an absolute pleasure. We'll see you soon when you're in Australia. Sounds good. Thanks a lot. 